Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the third pick in the 2019 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select RJ Barrett. What's up, everybody? I know it's been a little bit of a delay since our last episode of Draft Strickland, but we're back with episode three after I took a pretty much a one month break off from podcasting because life gets in the way, the Knicks winning gets in the way, things happen. But we're back for episode three, a very special episode um, with not one, not two. But three guests from France. That's right. International Draft Strickland, baby. So with us today for this special episode, we have a crew of buddies who started a basketball website, um, Symbios Basketball. Uh, that's at S-Y-M-B-I-O-S-E-B-B on Twitter. Go give them a follow. It's Yoz, Jasper, and Shaim coming live from France. How y'all doing today? We're good, good. we're good, Thank we're you. good. Yes, sorry for our bad accent, but uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we're, we're trying uh, our best, okay? Listen, most of the people who are listening to this podcast are probably from New York, so we heard all the accents, all right, man? It's, <laughs> it's all love. Perfect, we're all, perfect. Uh, we're, we're good. We're good with any and every accent. I'm surprised y'all can understand half of New Yorkers with our accent at this point. So uh, it is definitely not an issue at all. I'm really excited to talk to all three of you just because, you know, every year we get more and more French players in the NBA and I hear about new French prospects who are coming up. And I'm like, I remember the time when the French national team, you know, there'd be a couple of NBA players and that's it. But now it's, you're going to have players like our beloved Frank Nilekina. <laughs> it's probably, he's probably not playing on the French team at all going forward in Olympic play, or maybe he'll get an end of bench spot in, in Paris. I don't know. Do y'all think he's gonna, he's gonna be on the roster? Y'all have a lot of talent. Um, Maybe. To be honest, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not as a starter. Then no, never he just got cut. He just got cut from the Hornets. So I don't even know. Hopefully another NBA team picks him up. Um, I, yeah. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I don't. We were so. talking before about the Wizards. <laughs> maybe maybe my second team, the Wizards, can pick him up. Maybe he's a a mentor for uh, Kulibali or something. I don't know. Or the Spurs. They're not doing any winning. They can have him for Wemby. But you're right. Probably not. Um, he should go back to Europe. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, we've seen, we've seen other players do that, right? Like go back to Europe, like Dante Exum, and then come back to the states after they kind of improve their game a little bit there. So you never know, you never know. Maybe yeah, he'll be have a career back in the garden. He could have a decent career. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, before we start talking about the some of the really talented French players in this class, um, I wanted to just give you all a a chance, a platform to talk a little bit about um, what you all do, like your, your website and how you all got into this and, and, you know, anything else that you want to share. Cause I, I think it's really great that, um, you know, there's folks in other countries that are really into the NBA draft and especially with like so much draft discussion on different websites and on Twitter and stuff these days. So um, I, I'm just really curious how uh, how long the website, how you all have had the website and how you all kind of got interested in this stuff. Um, I'll, I'll start to, to answer, but we started the podcast a couple of years ago now. Two years, and I think. Yeah, it's, it's about three years now. It's about to be three years. 
and we just i mean it's always been us uh, talking on twitter and other platforms about a draft and so on but we didn't have the a big community like to talk uh, about it and so we got in touch with each other very uh, easily we found each other pretty fast it's it was easy in france to notice someone who uh, liked to talk about the draft and prospects and so on and that's how we started we just talked and figured might as well do a podcast we might found some other people who are interested and Now we have a bunch of people in France who like the draft, who like to talk about prospects, who like to talk about development with the young players. And it's very, very, very interesting for us. And we're really glad we can talk about it with international people now. Yeah, um, I think um, it happened in a natural way, you know, uh, I mean, we are friends. We're friends in real life. So we talk, uh, we talk about, uh, about, about draft every day um <laughs> and that, that's like uh we are nerds <laughs> yes Me we too. are nerds it's the right um, place <laughs> and uh, why not it's uh we have a, a, a real uh, symbiosis uh, between uh, between us so uh, it's uh, it's pretty uh, evident that was what uh, one of the things i was going to ask because like uh like my other Knicks podcast that i do i've been doing it for a couple of years and I just met my co-host for the first time in person like this uh this winter after several years so it was a uh, you never know these days uh who is who knows each other in real life and all that but that's that's really cool because i i know like most of my friends who are interested in all the draft nerd stuff they're not where i live so i have to do it all over the internet pretty much when i'm talking to them but if i had If I had friends who I could talk to about this stuff, you know, in person every day, then that'd probably be the only way to get me to be even more of a nerd than I am about it. So that sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, one other question I had for y'all. Um, so you, since you all started a couple of years ago, like that means you guys started your podcast pretty much. I mean, there, there have been good French players for a while now, but it feels like really the last two or three years that you've seen that we've seen at least like the development kind of go into like turbo gear, like just from, you know, one prospect here or there to like a few, every draft, there's like new young French kids who are talented, who I hear about. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, last year was probably a high point so far with, what three french prospects wemby Koulibaly, and uh and cd yep. unless i'm missing someone else uh, yes uh, ryan, ryan rupert too ryan rupert oh, uh, yeah. To oh yeah shit i forgot yeah my boy ryan i don't i have no idea how he's doing is he where where is he is he um blazers g league okay. blazers i yes, think with the g league yeah. i may be wrong but i think but he he, he played he played some games on And he is is not bad, really. Really, it's a very talented guy. So, I uh, I wish him the best, and uh, I really uh, uh, I don't know. I really like him. Yeah, I mean, it's not that much talent on the Blazers, so he'll have a shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see. Um, they they do have a lot of guards. Um, that's so cool. Just to, I I, I don't know. Just to you know, basketball's been international for a while now in the NBA, but um just i'm trying to remember who wrote it there's been a couple of pieces on the internet about just like the explosion of french hoops so it's just really interesting for me to see and you know this year we can get we can get into the particular players this year um there's no wemby in this draft but there are other really talented french prospects who are probably going to be in the first round and those are the guys we wanted to talk about today so Um, we can talk about the the biggest one, uh, literally, uh, Mr. <laughs> Alexander Saar, who, for people who don't know, he's a, he's like seven feet, maybe even taller. Seven feet one? Seven feet one, right? He's tall as hell. He got long arms. He's very agile for a big guy. Um, he plays 
he can play probably like the four and the five. And right now he's not playing in France or America, but um, in the NBL for um, Perth. And the big difference between him and other prospects who have played down there is usually the prospects who play in the NBL uh, are on really bad teams and he's on a really good team and he plays for them. So um, it's a little bit different for him. And a lot of people have him number one overall. So I guess my question for you all is like, how do you all feel about him? Because for me, I, I've only really paid attention to him this year, but you all probably have known him for a while. So I don't really know as much about how his game has developed over the years and stuff like that. So if you all have any thoughts on like how far he's come now compared to, you know, the last couple of years, I think people would be really interested. Um, I think he was um, showing good in, in FIBA and uh, mostly in overtime because he went to overtime after um, I think he was on a youth team of uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid. I, I, Real, I Madrid Real Madrid. So he left uh, France early. But um, I think uh, overtime was good for him because he has an NBA body. You, you you did talk about it, about his height, uh, good wingspan. And I, I think overtime was a good um, context because he, he was able to, to develop his uh, offensive game. Um, very early, we, we saw uh, like he was very good on, on defense. But I think this year, he shows that he can be positive on the offensive offensive side yeah uh, i think the 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 interesting thing with uh, alexar is a uh, he's a, a rough that diamond you know mm-hmm. i don't know if i pronounce it uh, very well but uh, it's a rough diamond like he he, he really developed himself uh, enormously uh, over the last two years and that's so interesting because uh, in the in the youth team uh, in France, um, he, he was not that good, you know. And it's uh, it's re- really uh, the last two years. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was tall, very fast. Yeah. Oh, so so okay. Because I, I ask because a lot of the times the the tall guys who show some skills like they they were short and then they just grew really fast in like a year or something but um it sounds like when he was on the youth team in france he was always kind of a, a big man but he just yep. wasn't as good he, he he doesn't have the ball in his hands while, mm. while he was in, in france so that's why in overtime he will be he was able to to have a little bit um the ball in his hand like in perth we we know mm-hmm. it's not uh, like um uh, I don't know how to say it, but um, a main uh, center. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's just there to rebound and play defense yes. and, and all that stuff, yeah. He's not the focal point in the team, not at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, he, what I think... Go ahead, go ahead. What I think stands out right now is that he can adapt in different situations. Like right now, mm-hmm. he's being asked to be a role player. He's not a not a first not a second not a third option mm-hmm. he's he's playing he's getting the ball whenever he's in good position he's not getting the ball to uh, make a difference and that's why he's uh, playing not a lot of minutes and it showed in his but in his last game i don't know if you if you've seen the the footage but he played 20 minutes got a double double on nine shots and that's what we ask from him right now is to be a role player and to show that he can adapt and he'll probably be a star in the NBA one day. But right now he has to show that he's a, a good role player in the NBA with other pro players in a good team. And that's what he's shown. And I think it's, it's what we ask from him. So it's been pretty great. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's why I brought up his team being good because like Lamelo Ball, Josh Giddy, these other guys who played in the NBL, they could 
try stuff and experiment and fail because their team was bad. So it didn't really matter, but you know, they're not messing around on his team. So they're not going to be like, all right, here, we're going to just give you some pick and rolls or, or, you know, let you shoot five threes a game or something like that. But I think, uh, Judging from him still being, you know, number one in a lot of mock drafts, number two, number three, um, there's probably a lot of people that even though he has a small role right now, they still think he has a lot of upside. So I guess that's my next question. Um, we know he moves well and he's huge and um, he can be pretty athletic. And I'm sure once he gets stronger, he'll be even more athletic. But um, what, where do you feel like his his offensive skills can uh, or will develop in the future in the NBA, because, you know, we have a lot of these guys coming in now who can dribble and shoot and pass, even though they're seven feet tall. So I'm trying to figure out if he's going to be like that. Uh, I, I'll just give you a, a quick, quick answer. And then I'll let my colleagues uh, do the rest. But I think his upside is you look at a guy like Jaron Jackson on offense. Mm -hmm. And what he he gives to uh, Memphis whenever they're all healthy, and he's the closest guy he could get to, I think, on offense. He's what I look for. Like he's not the the first option. He's not gonna today. He's not gonna be the first option, and he probably won't be. But he could be a very 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 good second option and feed off the first the the first option on the team yes Jared jackson jr is um um the perfect comp because um even though um yet he doesn't have um a little shoot like you mm -hmm. we, we we saw flash of him um like shot making but it's not regularly so um, he he need to work um the, the the his main weakness is the shoot and offense because he's not uh doesn't have the the shoulder to to be in the at the rim mm -hmm. so i i think he's not like victor he cannot uh, create his own shoot <laughs> or dunk at other people but like um he needs to to polish his game Uh, especially on offense, because um, when you when you look at the the top five in the draft, I think he is a more raw on offense. So mm -hmm. I think Perth is really uh, trying to figure how to play with him. Um, is he a stretch four? Is he a five? I, I think the the question was good. <laughs> to be fair. And uh, I think uh, it can also uh, facilitate uh, facilitate uh, the, the game of his team. Uh, I mean, it's not Jokic. Uh, he's not Jokic, uh, but he can really do it uh, in in his own way. Own way, sorry. Uh, he, he has a good hand. I think uh, I think he has a good hand, and uh, he can really be a facilitator uh, in a, in a team. I'm uh, I'm really fine with the JJJ comp. JJJ is a player I loved when he was in college, so um, that's good to hear. Um, one thing, the the other thing I wanted to ask you about with Sar that I think is interesting is, or not interesting, but something, I don't want to say I am worried about it, but something that I'm watching is he's pretty skinny. So, like, I remember JJJ in college, he was skinny, but not quite as skinny as Sar and JJJ in the NBA now is a pretty big guy. He's probably at least, at least 240 pounds. Um, being a Knicks fan, I remember how skinny Christoph Porzingis was when he was playing um, in Spain before he came to the NBA. And uh, he was probably even skinnier than Sar. So Sar is kind of somewhere in the middle. So like uh, Evan Mobley, maybe. Yeah, Mobley, Mobley uh, when he was 18, was was pretty skinny as well. Um, and that's a that's a good physical, I think, comparison. Um, are you worried at all about, like, like, Mobley, I feel like, has put on just enough strength 
that like you want him, you want him to get stronger, but you can't really push him around either. Do you think Thar can get to that level? Um, he needs of course. to. I, I um, think I think he will. I, I don't I don't think uh, being skinny is a problem. Uh, not in mm. in two days uh, in uh, actual NBA. Uh, mm. You know, Dwight Howard style uh, profiles uh, are, are no longer uh, in NBA. You know, uh, uh, most of the the big um, the big uh, the big in the NBA are not uh, the most athletic guys. And if you if you you can uh, you can think well on the court, uh, uh, you 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 can really uh, you can really make uh, make something great. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you as you said, Mobley is not the the the, the most uh, physical guy uh, in the NBA, but uh, he, he puts uh, some strength in his uh, his game and he's he's good. Yeah, yeah, that, I I think I agree with that. That like it's important to be strong, but it's more important to just know what you're doing out there. Uh, that's why Chet is so good, right? So um, I I think people are seeing that this year. Cool. Well. Star is, you know, he's really interesting. Uh, my last Star question for you all is, um, where, where do you think are the good spots for him to go among the bad teams? Right. So, like, the Pistons, Spurs, Wizards. Who else is bad? Let me see real quick. Uh, the Hornets, the Blazers, Memphis, um, the the Hawks, the the Raptors, like. Where, are, is there any places that you really like for him, and is there any places that you really hate for him? <laughs> I, I, I have I, I have a dream. I have a dream. <laughs> okay. A French a French front court uh, in San Antonio. Uh, Obviously, it's, big, it's really that's a big so front court. Scary. Oh my god! Yeah, not a big front court, but a, a defensive one and a dangerous one. Uh, I think uh, uh, Victor can can play with uh, any type of center next to him. Um, Sack like the center, so so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's perfect, but uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of teams um, want want a guy like Sar. You know, uh, uh, he's good uh, at the Wizards. He's good at uh, at, at, the, at the Hornets. He, he's a is that type of guy. Uh, so versatile. You can uh, you can just uh, look at him and say, Nah, no, he's a perfect guy for a lot of teams. I, I, I like the Blazers on... also. Ah, <laughs> I, w- I was saying the most, Pistons the, the, for me. But... The most evident. Uh, no, I, I like the Blazers. Blazers why not? I like why? the Blazers. You are the boss of why the Bla- Okay, sorry. <laughs> why, why? Why the Blazers? Yep. Be- because uh, of their point guard first, then the fact that they will have to. Um, have a better defense and Sar can be the the anchor of their new defense. Also, I'm I would be happy if uh, Ryan Rupert could get a a colleague in uh, <laughs> yeah, in Portland. They both came from the NBL. You see the story, blah blah blah. Uh, and also they already have a center which you like or don't like, DeAndre Ayton, but he can probably play next hey, to him, but put, put some respect on Aiton. Uh, no. I, I hate DeAndre Aiton so much. Aiton told us he's a, he's a max contract player. <laughs> <laughs> but not even get me started. <laughs> He can play. He can't play with him though. That's the good thing. And they don't really have a a power forward. They just have Jeremy Grant who can play the three. Exactly. But also, he can play some small ball five, and Mm -hmm. get like a very fast team. Like on some uh, sequence, it can be very interesting with with Scoot and all. That that would be great. Yeah, a seven footer and a small ball five. (laughs) That's that's look good. You see what I mean? (laughs) You see what? Not a traditional (laughs) five. (laughs) No, I'm joking. I, I like him. I wouldn't mind seeing him in my neck of the woods here with the Wizards just because they just traded Gafford, right? So they don't have a real center right now. And they got your your boy, Koulibaly. And um, it sounds like Kuzma's going to stick around for the rebuild. Uh, unfortunately, they have Jordan Poole, but, you know, nobody's perfect. So <laughs> uh, they could have a 
like if, if having Koulibaly and Saar, like you, you won't have the center of your offense, but you'll have the center of your defense pretty much set. So that would be pretty cool. And they play, they're the fastest running team right now. I mean, not that it helps them win, but they're fast. So that could help Saar as well. Yes. Yeah, I really like the wizard for, for Alex and Saar. It, uh, It'll be interesting. I think the other one that might be a really good fit, um, if they want to go full, I don't know if they not almost like an experiment is is the Raptors just because I know they like long players, um, and having him and Scotty Barnes and quickly and and Barrett, they that should be a good defense in theory. With all those guys, yeah, um, it'd be yes. a little weird on offense, but you know, it could work. <laughs> In theory, uh, yes. But uh, I, I have a little question for Jasper: uh, Why the Pistons? Mm, I think um, the front court with Duran um, can be good because when you when you look at uh, Duran, is like uh, a physical guy. Like uh, Sar is not like this at all. So Duran can be in the in the rim and um, catch rebounds with Ozar because the main weakness of Sar is his motor and is um, is not physical. So he don't catch a lot of rebounds when you look at the stats and is not um, is not a good rebounder for his size, I think. So I think he. He can develop uh, a nice front court with Duran, and also um, I think Sar um, has a good vision. Is not a great passer uh, yet, but he shown that he can put the ball and like in a short roll or play like this. He can help the the Pistons um, with his passing game because the Pistons are not a good. Uh, uh, stop! Stop! Pistons yes. are not good. <laughs> well, well, look at this. Look at this. Maybe after messing up Seku Domboya and Killian Hayes the third time, oh, this will work no, out. It'll work out. No. <laughs> they can't all be busts, right? So uh I hope Killian Hayes figures it out. I had him like number two on my board that year. I, I don't want to talk oh, about shit. Killian Hayes because it makes me really wow. it makes me really sad what happened to him. Uh, and I want this to be a happy podcast so we can go talk about a different <laughs> player now. I wouldn't wish anybody to go to the Detroit Pistons. That's my bad landing spot for all the prospects right now. Maybe they'll turn it around, but for now, I don't trust them. I don't want them to mess anybody up. Um, you're, you're right. <laughs> uh, the next player we can talk about is... Uh, now, like, he's probably rocketed up the boards more than anyone else in the whole class, maybe. And that's Zachary Risache, whose name I'm probably messing up. And no, it was good. That was good. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah I got one right. Awesome. So, <laughs> uh, he was, um, uh, he's been number one on a couple, I think, on ESPN. He's number one now. Um, Sam Vicini from the athletic just did a mock draft on youtube with uh this guy from a pistons website um and research went number one on there as well and i i was looking this morning at some of his film and it's been a long time since i really looked at him like i knew that he was putting up a lot of threes and making a lot of threes um but when i watched the like i, I was just blown away by his confidence. And for people who don't know Zachary Risache, he's playing in France. He's, I think, 6'9", at least. And uh, he's kind of skinny, but he's really, he moves like pretty, pretty much like a guard. He's very agile. He doesn't dribble that much, but he can shoot the hell out of the ball. Like he can, he's tall and he can shoot off the dribble, off the catch from the left side, from the right side from everywhere and he's also pretty athletic um sometimes when he dunks i kind of forget he can dunk like that <laughs> and then he just gets up and i'm like oh shit i didn't i forgot you could do that so uh he's pretty cool and i think the the first question i have for you all 
is the same thing um, I asked about SAR. So I know, um, unlike, say, Wembanyama, Visashe has not always been, like, the number one French prospect, right? Like, his he's kind of gone up and down for a couple of years before just being awesome this year. So can you talk a little bit about, like, where he has been um, before this year? Uh, but for for a few years, uh, Rizache is, I think, the the second most uh, talented uh, guy, uh, just uh, just uh, behind mm-hmm. Wembanyama. Um, the 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 really interesting thing about Rizache, uh, it's uh, his father, is a professional. He was a professional in France, so a lot of uh, spot was on him, and um, he, he 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 played. At uh, Asvel, uh, Asvel is a, a big French team, uh, but not uh, a really a really good spot for for young players. And uh, at Asvel, he, disapp- he disappointed a lot of uh, a lot of people because he not played uh, a lot and not played well. Uh, but uh, now is in Bourg, uh, and we we saw the guy uh, we we wished for. Uh, is a, I don't know. Is is a really good uh, offensive player and a defensive player. I don't know. He's all around. He's all around. Is uh, is uh, an excellent, excellent passer, playmaker. Um, he he got a a real a real good feel for the game. It's easy for him. I don't know how to say that because it's not basketball. It's like it's an evidence for him. You know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really, I really love uh, his feel for the game. Um, I, I think th- this guy is, is born on a on a basketball court. <laughs> uh, I swear, he does uh, make but... it look very easy watching him. Like yes. he he doesn't force a lot, and even when he takes shots, where I'm like, I'm not sure that's a good shot. It's a good shot for him. So. Uh, and and it's never like uh you know him stopping the offense, like a bad shot for him is like oh a jab step, and a step back three that took like one second. You know he's not gonna hijack the offense or take a bunch of dribbles. Um, he moves around. He doesn't just stay put. So, you know he, Sam Vecini was saying on his mock draft that like, there's he he's the kind of player who can fit on, pretty much every roster. Yes. Yeah. Any team, like you can play him as a small forward, as a power forward, probably even as a shooting guard. Like if if you want to just be a really big team, because he's pretty, you know, he's not like slow on defense. He's he's a skinny guy, and even though he's tall, he he's not slow footed or anything like that. So, um, I, I guess my next question is with a player like that, right? We know he shoots a lot. We know he can finish above the rim he doesn't dribble that much yet um how do you all feel about him as a defender um i i think he's a better defender than what people uh make him uh on the the draft uh circles here and i think he he grew especially this year as a team defender because he he realized that he was not going to be the the best defender on any team that mm. we know he's not Bilal Koulibaly on that end he's not the the guy that you're going to put game in and uh, on the the best uh, opposing team uh, player mm-hmm. but he will defend and he will give what he has to to give and he will help his team if he has to follow the shooter all over the court uh, he will if he has to do the dirty work he will and that's the main thing I saw from him this year and I believe it's gonna help him a ton and as you said uh, he was at Asvel just like Wemby was before he went to uh, the Metropolitans and this year he really showed uh, he's really showing actually how good of a professional he is with a real minutes and a real role on defense yeah. and off. His team is playing in uh, Eurocup, so he he showed that he can be um, 
a role player on a really good team, um, although he's young. So it is very good to um, to scout to see a young player uh, impact the game uh, on a professional level um, at his age. Um, I think uh, Batum Comp is like mm -hmm. good for him because you know Batum. We we talk about uh, Batum like in Portland. He was really good, really good shooter, um, like an off ball main, and he doesn't force too much. He is like he's taking the shots when he's open. That's it. He is uh, right now is strictly an uh, an shooter, a sharp shooter. And mm -hmm. in defense, he communicates well. He can um, maybe a little um, point of attack um, at times. He can be on the weak side. He, like you said, he is an un underrated athlete. So he he can um, have stocks like blocks or anything. Um, I think he's contributed well. And like Virginie uh, Sam said, um, mm -hmm. you can put him on every roster and it will um, be benefit the team. Yes, because uh, he's a team player. Everything he does is always in the interest of his team. That's what I get from watching him. Um, and I didn't realize that he was playing in, in Euro Cup now, but I'm going to have to check some of those games out because, yeah, that competition is definitely different. And if he's still helping his team out, Versus that competition, that's a good sign. Um, He's even better in your cup. To great. Be, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why he might call number one, right? I guess. So yes. um, there's there's a lot of guys, I think, who... Um, the other thing that I like about him is that, you know, we, we talk about ceiling, but I also like to think about, like, the floor a bit. And if you have somebody who's smart and tries on defense and can just hit open threes... That's pretty helpful, even if that's like a if he doesn't get better at dribbling or doesn't get much stronger or something like that, right? Like that that will always be, even like as a like the worst case, like as a bench player, like you have guys like uh like Simone Fontecchio who like is gonna he's gonna play no matter what, even though he's all he does is shoot just because he's six foot nine. Like that's he's not even that good at defense, right? And like he will always be on rosters until until i mean he's not young or anything but like until he really slows down and then you know going up from there you have guys like cam johnson or uh guys like keegan murray who i think in college he was he only kind of began shooting threes like crazy at the end of college and he came into the nba much older than recesse but um in the nba he hasn't really played like how college right which was a lot of like post-ups and stuff like that he's been a sharpshooter and a tall sharpshooter and you see how helpful that is for the kings to have somebody like that playing off of these crazy nba players like the iron fox and sabonis and stuff like that so you could put recesse around some other star awesome player whether it's younger or older right that could be like you know around Wemby. it could be around Scoot Henderson or on Memphis around like John Morant and Desmond Bain. Um, Washington doesn't really have anybody for him to be around, but, <laughs> but, but uh, most of the teams do. So I, I think, um, I think that's important because it means he can start to contribute soon, even though he's young. And to me, one of, one of my beliefs, I'm curious what you all think is that like, if you can, if you come into the NBA and you can, get minutes on an NBA team instead of just staying on the bench or playing in the G league. I think that's a little bit better um, for development. So someone like Risa not only is he talented and young, but like he can to start his career, come off the bench or start and actually help out with the winning team. Like he's doing in Euro cup. So um, I, I kind of expect him to, you know, I don't think he's going to score like 20 a game as a rookie or anything, but he should be helping other players pretty quickly, I feel like. Yeah, I, I, um, I think you're right. 
I think you're right, especially about the fact that he he can start tomorrow in the NBA. Whenever he's going to be drafted, Rizache will be able to start, will be able able to play. He's just going to be I think I think today he's still a bit underrated as a prospect, mm-hmm. especially because everyone was uh, and is still down on this draft. People mm-hmm. are still saying this is not a good draft and there's no superstar. Mm-hmm. I think they're wrong. Uh, and Rizache is an example. He's not He's not Wemby, of course. No one is Wemby. No one will be Wemby. But he, he can be a star and he will be a star. I think he's the one that should start uh, next season on the team he's drafted because he should be the number one pick today. Oh, Ooh. you heard him. That's right. <laughs> Whoa. No, so I, I, I struggle with this because at first I was underrating him as well. But I, I think about what happened with Keegan Murray, which is I underrated him because I was like, I don't know if he's gonna be able to like run pick and rolls, you know, and run like be the center of an offense or whatever like that, you know, unlike say Jaden Ivy or something. I was still, yeah. I was still high on Keegan, doing but, what he does. Yeah, but like, and Jaden Ivy still is like awesome and is probably going to be really good. Um, but like Keegan was kind of a reminder that like if you can shoot for real, like not just like good shoot, but be a great shooter and play defense, like that's pretty rare. Like everybody talks about three and D, but like true three and D players who are tall are actually pretty rare, right? Like, there's there's not that many. Most of them get paid, like, $25 million or more, right? Like, that's why Cam Johnson got so much money, even though, you know, he's not, like, an all-star or anything like that. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I could I could see it. I, I think the main red flag for Zashi is himself. Like, um, I was um, listening to Northling Pod, and they, they said that the, the main... Reason as scouts are maybe uh, under um, scouting is because he's not a natural scorer. Like, mm. it's not like an in- in- instinct to, mm-hmm. to be a scorer. And we saw that uh, in FIBA last summer, it was not the, the best player on the court. It was uh, Agenza and Saloon. And mm-hmm. sometimes, um, like uh, you said on, on the beginning of the podcast, like Frank or Kilian, um, um, European players are a bit shy uh, when yeah. they when they go in the NBA. It's um, it's why it's um, it's important to him to to be confident. And I think when you look at uh, recently in Euro Cup or in in the French league, is is um, Starting to have confidence, like uh, we saw uh, coast to coast or things like this, it shows that uh, Rezaché can put the ball and not being uh, a shooter. It can be more of this, of this, I think. That makes sense to me. And that's why what stood out to me on the film, it wasn't like the shooting. It was more the confidence. Like he was not hesitating um he was playing with conviction and it was really it was really good to see because like you know it it will take time for him to get stronger or improve his dribbling but the confidence that's something he can work on right now which is um more in his control so uh that was that was really cool and i think that's a good way to put it like because last summer in fiba he didn't do um, people weren't sure like does he believe he can be that guy, right? But now I feel like you're seeing it. Um, so hopefully he keeps it up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and... Um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and <laughs> to... Um, he, he was in the youth when he was in Asvel. He was the main ball handler. So I think Scoots um, did so that's in youth he can uh, create for others. I think now is um, better to create for others than to create for himself. Mm-hmm. So that means he can be a facilitator 
like um, I said, Batum Comp, like Batum, you know, Extra Pass, something like this, is not a big writer, but he can facilitate offense, and that's why he can contribute well on every roster for now. Yeah, even if you're not the point guard, um, that connector yeah. skill is super important, and that's what right. the team was so like good at. Like we saw uh, Michael Bridges in Phoenix. Mm -hmm, exactly. Kind of role. Like uh, my boy Dante DiVincenzo on the Knicks. He's really good at that. <laughs> Yes. Um, although he got hurt now, thanks to Tibbs. Thanks a lot, Coach. Um, cool. All right. So the the third guy we wanted to talk about, which is the most fun one to talk about, in my opinion, because he's a hilarious player, <laughs> is uh, how do you say his name? Tijane? Tijan? Tijan. Tijan Saloon. Saloon. And I got to tell y'all, I've been trying to – I'm curious where you all are at because I've been defending him <laughs> – in lots of group chats and then the other day i was watching y'all y'all i'm sure you all saw it he had like one of his worst games where he was like on two point shots he was like one for nine <laughs> and he had one layup that just broke me i had to like turn my computer i had to close my computer and like go outside because there was nobody else with him and he got a pass and he went up and he literally just like like it was like his first time playing basketball. He like the ball just got stuck <laughs> under the rim. And for people who don't know Tijan, this guy is like six foot nine, six foot ten. He's not skinny. He's pretty like he's not like jacked, but he's not skinny. He's very athletic. Well, sometimes he's very athletic. <laughs> and he he's a guy who has a lot of energy, perhaps too much energy. And I'm like, man, like you can't just be breaking a layup when it's one on zero and nobody <laughs> else is in the court, man. Like this, that's crazy in a professional game. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's a bit of an enigma. Um, he, yeah. for people who don't know, he, he's also playing in France and uh, he plays on a very interesting team that I kind of hate after watching them <laughs> a lot because I don't think they work super well together. So sometimes he's like, ah, uh, should I shoot it? I haven't shot it in a while. I'm definitely going to shoot it. But sometimes that makes him rush. So, like, there, there are so many factors with him that I've seen him. I've seen people have him top 10 because he's a six foot 10 guy who's strong and can shoot threes. And I've seen people be like, I don't want to touch this guy because he's he doesn't know what he's doing and he can't make layups apparently. So where are you all on him? He's very confusing to me. So please, help. you know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start. Um, first of all, uh, Saloon is Symbio's uh, favorite French prospect. Um, okay. And it's not even a question between us. Uh, so I'm just going uh, to, to say something before, uh, before I let my, my guys continue. I think Tijan, is the new Bilal uh, because it's so uh, intriguing uh, from games to games. He, he still continue to progress and he purifies his game. You know, uh, it, it's so intriguing. Uh, I, I just love Tijan because um, he, he still, I, I don't know, sky's the limit for Tijan. I think uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe my guys can continue, but, uh, but, I really think that uh, Tijan is the new Bilal. Like, you know, Bilal was not uh, really famous and and people just discovered Bilal uh, at the draft. Yeah, and, because of Wemby. And everybody, yeah. everybody was like, oh my God, what's this guy? He's so good. <laughs> and I think Tijan uh, is going to be that, that type of, uh, of player. Um, um, Tijan is one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, I mm -hmm. think, and that's why um, when you look at him on the court, is like he's still trying to learn how when to shoot and when not to shoot. And I think mm -hmm. his track selection is really poor. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> but his team, um, when it is the opposite of Rizache, because Rizache is in a good team with mm -hmm. a lot of uh, they play well and sometimes Cholet, where I play. Um, he's still trying to play with Saloon, like they use him in pick and pop, they use him as a weak side in the darker spots. I think um, also Saloon was 
always the taller guy on the courts, and it's why is always one he always you always want to to dunk because mm -hmm. he is still trying to understand his body. Um, uh, we talk uh, a bit with his father, and he said he was always a taller, so he needs to understand um, how how can I play with my body and how can I how how can I do and how can I not, not do and um, also I think he's trying to show too much maybe sometimes like box out or cuts and sometimes it's uh, not good for the team for the spacing because he's trying to do too much but I understand because sometimes he's open and nobody <laughs> sees him so, all the time <laughs> yes, it's 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 a bit weird for for Tijan. I think in his season got a lot of up and downs because at the beginning of the season he was starting, then he was on the bench, then uh, now he's starting again. Mm -hmm. So I think Tijan is very raw. That's why uh, people have him top five or out of the lottery. So Tijan is really a project. Someone who will be uh, maybe you draft him and you you make you you draft him and you you put him in the J League to polish his game to understand how we play in the NBA and then you will see that Sijan as a can can be a, a really good uh, player. The other thing, like we've been talking mostly about his offense, he definitely is the opposite of Rissache in terms of Rissache has a very great understanding of where, when to move, when to stay still, um, you know, when to drive, when to not, how to manipulate defenses and stuff like that. He, he just gets that. And Rissache, he's a little, he's still learning. Right. And it's like, okay, if somebody closes out on me hard, I'm going to drive, but like, Beyond that, there's not as much of a plan. It's just like I'm just gonna drive really yes. hard, and and he's still figuring out like, okay, I could drive at half speed, or I could take one dribble and pass it, and and all that stuff, and all of that is gonna be the hardest part and most important part for him to learn. But the other reason why I keep defending him, maybe not for me personally, not as a top ten pick, but I I think that he has a I like that he's always trying, like he's always boxing out. He's always cutting perhaps too much. Like you said, like his motor is great and he's not afraid to be physical, even though I don't know. Sometimes it's funny. Like when, if he, if he has a lot of room, he could jump really high. And other times I'm like, are you sure? Can you jump over a shoe box even? I'm not sure. Like <laughs> when he's trying to shoot layups. So, but like he, he has a lot of energy, which is, I think really good for a prospect as well. It's just um, because, you know, defense and rebounding is as important for somebody who's that tall as the other stuff. And and we know he can shoot as well. So like he can shoot threes, he can rebound, he can play defense. So he has to work there's on just, stuff. He's not starting from not nothing either. Yes. There's there's just one one thing I would like to to add on on what you said, and mm -hmm. I have to say I agree with what you just said about the the fact that he has all the tools and he's uh and he's somewhat frustrating also as a prospect to watch because you sometimes you want more from him but sometimes mm -hmm. you're like do less don't do too much <laughs> and I think the game is uh, didn't slow down. As much as uh, uh, Rizache, uh, as as it did for Rizache, Rizache this year, you can feel that he's figuring out where to be on the court, what to do, and maybe it has to do with the team he's on, and maybe that's why Tijan is not in the same situation. It's because it didn't slow down around him, like he's not uh, as much uh, comfortable with his place mm -hmm. on the court and so on. And that's why he he's uh, sometimes he gets uh, the backdoor cut behind him, etc. But he has all the tools and he needs to settle down. 
and <laughs> he, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be fine, but he needs to settle down, chill. Sometimes you just need to chill. And I think this is what he has to do. And I'm very big on the team defense for a prospect. Like if a prospect can defend as a team player, I'm like I'm more interested in the way he defends with within his team than individually. Because in the NBA, if you're not a good team defender, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Like you're or you have to have other skills and they have to be very good. But Today, Tijan, he has to focus on this, how to be a good t- team defender and how to help his team on defense without doing too much. Just doing what he needs to do. That's all I have like to Hizashi. add. On what? Like, like Rizache. Yes, like Rizache, who is now just settling down. He does what he needs to do for his team. He helps them on defense. And that, uh, and he's not, uh, he's never... Uh, how do you say uh, down factor uh, negative uh, presence yeah. on the court on defense never because yeah. he does what he needs which he's, is not he's in much. control he's in control uh, exactly. and exactly and Zach, Zach, Zach plays like a, like he drank like five energy drinks before every game <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, we've been going for a bit so we can wrap up I do want to real quick ask you guys about the fourth prospect, but we don't have to spend as much time on it. Um, how do you say his last name? It's not a Jinka, right? That's obviously wrong. Ajansa. Ajansa. Okay, that was super fucking His father was on, in NBA, I think, with the Pelicans. I may oh, be wrong. Shoot. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know they were related. Wasn't he like a big man or something? Yep. And, Dang, uh, and Melvin is just like a like a smooth shooter. Okay, I guess they practice mm. different things growing he's up. Not, he's not his brother. <laughs> he's his cousin. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. My bad, my bad. It's okay. Yeah, Close yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're related. So, they're, they're the same family. So, Aj- Ajansa? Like that? <laughs> yes, perfect. All right. All right. Melvin uh, is... Uh, he's 6'7". He's like... I, I've, he, he's, I've seen him in some people's first rounds and other people's um second rounds um i don't think he's a lottery guy but he's six foot seven and can shoot the crap out of the ball which is like already like a ticket to the nba by itself um so like we we know that he's six foot seven we know that he's pretty young i think he's 19 or 18 and we know he's a great shooter so the hesitations that people have when i've talked to them are about like what else does he do? Is he going to be good enough at defense? Can he drive or hit layups or do other things? Because unfortunately, like nowadays, because offenses are so good in the NBA, even the role players have to be able to like dribble a little bit, maybe not when they begin their careers, but like to, to really get minutes, right? You see, you see guys like, you know, DiVincenzo on the Knicks or Duncan Robinson on the heat. Um, these guys are shooters, but they can put the ball on the floor. They can run a basic pick and roll or, you know, things like that. So um, where where are you all with, with his other skills aside from shooting? Jasper? Ah, me? Um, um, <laughs> what? If you if you want to be hype about Hajinsa game, you need to watch him uh, last summer with friends, especially against Team USA. He was okay. really good. I, I think he was like the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. But um, we did so like um, he was really good and and in defense uh, was showing versatility, and that's really really interesting for him. Because his body is, uh, he has broad shoulder and he, he can defend a little bit uh, point of attack. We saw that in Saint Quentin, he's mostly defending the, the ball handler. So that's a good point. But um, to be honest, on offense, besides shooting, he's not doing very much. He's as we, we've seen sequence where he, 
he has the ball in the pick and roll and he just do a pocket pass but mm-hmm. that's it like he has the tools to to be to to drive the ball and put in him the baskets but uh, we we didn't saw that so mm-hmm. I, I think scouts are like you it's like um you know they um we didn't know what what he can do what he cannot do uh, on offense because we didn't see much besides yeah. shooting and and i think uh, agensa he is not uh, elite in anything but uh, he can do uh, everything well you know it's uh, of- offensively it's uh, it's a little bit uh, frustrating frustrating because is uh, is not elite but is uh, not bad but um i think the most interesting thing about uh, about agensa is um is maybe the most impressive um, physical profile uh, we've talked about uh, today i have rarely uh, seen a nine time like that is very impressive and he is already uh, nba ready uh, and i think he can uh, that can play for uh, how do you say guys uh, my french uh, my french guys ça peut jouer en sa faveur he can say his favor Yeah, he can play <laughs> in his favor because uh, he's already uh, already uh, physically uh, ready for for the NBA, and uh, it's the most important thing uh, I think for for this range. Uh, you know, late uh, late uh, first uh, uh, tour, um, you you want a guy already uh, already be ready <laughs> yeah when you look at drafts and you see like minnesota who wants a player with a good volume shooting uh in was like uh, 25 or 30 on the draft you can take agensa put him on the bench and like when he's on the court just shoot and that's what he can contribute and a little bit defense and You, you will see that he can he can be an NBA player. I think the good thing for for me is that he's very young. Like I, I look at last year's draft. Um, one of my favorite players was Jordan Hawkins, who was a sophomore, and he was the same kind of player, right? Mostly a shooter, one of the best shooters I've ever seen. Didn't really, you know, he wasn't driving all the time or running pick and rolls. Um, played for a very good UConn team. And you saw in his sophomore year, he he was still mostly a shooter, but he began to know learn how to do like one or two dribbles and then a floater and then just like the basic counters for shooters. So um, that's really all you're asking Ajansa to do, I feel like. And then because if he does, nobody's going to draft him and be like, oh, maybe we'll run our offense through him or maybe he'll be <laughs> Clay Thompson or something like, no, you want him to be. Jordan Hawkins, Duncan Robinson, um, Dante DiVincenzo, these kind of guys. And, um, you know, like this guy, like I, I have his some of his stats up here. And on unguarded threes this year, he shoots 50%, which is a crazy number. So, like, this is like I'm, I'm buying on his jump shot. Um, so, uh, to me, it's there's sneaky upside there, right? Even though he doesn't seem like an upside guy, because like, if you can, if you can like say for a team like the Knicks, right? Like who are going to have, they're not going to have a lottery pick, but they'll have probably one pick in the teens or twenties. And then another pick in the twenties, maybe towards the end. And he's the kind of guy who you might be able to just play. And then are in two years, he can be a playoff rotation player just because he can shoot and be smart. Right. Like even if he's not dunking on anybody or anything yeah. like that. So um, I'm, I'm still, I think I'll end up putting him in, in my first round, but, but we'll see, but we've been going for over an hour and I know it's late over there in France, six hour time difference from the East coast. So um, thank you all three of you for, uh, for joining this podcast um you can find them at symbios bb on twitter um and i'll there'll be links to all the the websites they have a newsletter that has good articles and clips and stuff like that um so subscribe to that um anything else you all want to say before we uh wrap it up 
Well, we want to thank uh, you, of course, for having us. It was a great experience to uh, be in an international podcast for us. We're really happy to be able to talk about what we like, but in a different language. It's a pretty good and tough exercise for us. But uh, thank you so much for having us. It was great. That's yeah, pretty good because I know I couldn't uh, do a draft podcast in Spanish. So um, hats <laughs> off to you guys for uh, for being able to do this do this work in two languages. This is very impressive. Um, and that's it for today's episode of Draft Strickland. Give all these guys a follow on Twitter. Follow their website. Subscribe to their newsletter. Um, and if you don't already subscribe to the Strickland, subscribe to all the things about the Strickland because we're gonna have some fire draft content coming up as we approach March Madness. So stay tuned for that. We got some articles, some videos, a lot of good stuff coming up. And that's our episode for today. So we will catch you next time. The New York Knicks. Here's David Stern. With the first pick, select Patrick Ewing. Basketball is back in New York City, my friend. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.